Thank you, Jesus. Great to be here again for the Sunday morning. Praise God. And you know what? This is all charged up today. If you weren't here on Friday night, the first message, I had to rely on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what do you do with that? You have a Holy Spirit conference? So somehow my technology let me down. Hey, you can go and take a seat this time. I won't keep you standing, waiting, like last night. Wonderful. I love your singing. That song, that seemed to have been the first song, or the song that you've sung throughout, um, I came here with nothing, and goes on to talk about what comes out of our life uh, through the processes of God and the, the new wine. Uh, really does touch my heart. It really captures something of what uh, my current journey is. So I really have really enjoyed that just for myself in this Holy Spirit conference. Oh, God. Just uh, where you're seated, um, where you're seated, just, just get disposed right now towards the Holy Spirit. And uh, whether it's your hands up or whichever way, you know, just, just don't go into the land of Nod, but... But just alert, but tune out right now to anything else around and just get into the Holy Spirit for a second. Pray softly in tongues. Let's just keep, it, keep the volume, you know, just a little below half. And uh, let's just pray softly. I've, I was talking last night, as I'm doing this, keep doing this, you know, go, go ahead. But as I was talking last night, I talked about I, I mutter my way into circumstances. And I don't mean mutter as in a negative you know, evil muttering, but I mean there's a low-toned praying in tongues that goes on. And I go into situations. I face off with demonic spirits. I uh, go into situations where I don't even know what really is, is uh, transacting or taking place, but I sit down next to someone on a plane, very softly approaching a situation, and, and you get into conversation, and you say something, and a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or a prophetic utterance comes yeah, in a cafe to somebody, or, or someone in the church comes into the office to sit down and, and chat, and you find yourself moving in the Spirit. I've called it the blue flame uh, over, this, uh, uh, over this conference, and we'll get back to that tonight with perhaps a little less on the preach and more on the praying for people all around the room and, and that. But the blue flame, getting that little fire, fire that pilot light of spirit life into, um, into good flame, you know. And when I mean good flame, I mean, you know, not the yellow... Uh, orange flame that uh, is lacking its heat, but we're firing up our spirit. Come on, let's just do this. Let's just... There's a prophetic spirit in you that wants to give voice to himself through what you're doing. Even in tongues, your, your prophetic spirit is praying. You, you, you pray in tongues, but the Holy Spirit is, is giving words that go to God in praise and worship and maybe declaring to principalities and powers maybe sentencing demons out of the door. It may be declaring elements of faith for you and uh, things to happen. You, you're praying in the Spirit. 
This is corporate prayer. This is not addressing in a tongues message that needs interpretation. This is devotion. This is worship. This is the overflowing of our spirit of fullness coming through like a river. Oh, yes, 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 Lord. Lord, this fill this place with a, with a, a, a low-tone rumbling sound of spirit. Thank you, Lord. God, let this, let this house just, the, in the ongoing, increase the sound of God in the midst. Thank you, Lord. The work and activity of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I came in again this morning, I felt a, I felt a text uh, that I quoted the other day fairly uh, randomly, um, but I felt like it came back to me in a more prophetic way for this church, and I, I want to read it. It's um, Jeremiah 32, sorry, 30, 33, and uh, verse 11. I could virtually quote it, but I've got a, a new version here, so I better read it. Uh, the voice of mirth, or the voice of joy, and the voice of gladness, and the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride. It's got to be voice. It's got to be voice. But listen to this. This is, not a, this is not a harsh, you know, there has to be voice. The voices of those who sing the, and, and bring the sacrifice or the thank offerings into the house of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. For a steadfast love endures forever. For I will return the fortunes of the land as at the first, says the Lord. I, I feel somehow there's a prophetic um, import to that word for this church and this season. The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, and the voice of those who say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. For I will uh, return uh, the captivity of the land as at the first, says the Lord. There's the King James Version for you. <laughs> and whenever you get a little phrase like, as at the first, it's prophetic speech. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a loaded phrase. It's referring to the law of restitution. And uh, what was lost from the beginning is going to be restored. The latter house is going to be greater than the former house, but it's going to be the same but bigger, the same but mature, the same but more. Uh, all right? As at the first. Renewal, renewal refreshes us in what is, but restoration brings back that which was lost lost and establishes it into the life of God's people again. Renewal is a great thing because we have times of renewal, times of refreshing that lead us into periods of restoration. That's Acts chapter 3, 19, 20. I'm not preaching on that. I'm prophesying it to you. <laughs> Repent and be refreshed. Repent and times of refreshing will come. Repent, change your mind. Change your, your mindset. That's what it's saying. You, you get mindsets that this is enough. You get mindsets that this is good enough. You get mindsets that this is the way we do church and we're happy with that. But the Bible says, repent, change your mindset for times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord um, whom He must be retained or Jesus is retained or held in heaven until the times of restoration are fulfilled. You can go, repent, refresh, restore. 
And the idea of a renewal, a refreshing, is to bring us to a place where we're vulnerable and open to the restoration of God's purpose and truth and light and life. And I made a comment the other, the other day, all that was off the cuff, and I, I feel... Perhaps that first night there were some seed thoughts from the Spirit being sown into that meeting. If it wasn't a dramatic meeting, I think the outcomes could be dramatic in some of these words that the, the things that were lost are going to be restored. And, the, the, you know, I made that comment about the age of substitution and uh, how the church gradually lost its spiritual life. And the last truth that, that was the living truth in the church uh, to be lost was perhaps the whole understanding of regeneration and born again. And we substituted a church goingness. You know, we substituted the ceremony. The, litur the, the liturgy took over our worship. And, uh, and, but God has been progressively restoring back to the church. The, the Reformation was more than a Reformation. It was a restoration. It was bringing something back. And since then, we've seen progressively truths that were lost progressively come back. And we're living now in a, in a charismatic era. The moving of the Holy Spirit is here. God has moved again by His Spirit in the voice of joy, in the voice of gladness. The overt praises of God's people are breaking the silence, uh, are going over the boundaries of the liturgy, going outside of the form. There's nothing wrong with the form. Don't misunderstand me. It's beautiful. It's wonderful, but it's not a substitute. And we use it as a substitute. We fill the atmosphere with ethereal sense by chanting and by, by, by uh, uh, certain kinds of music, the church music. But there's another sound. And it's the sound of the Holy Spirit. It can even come through that other sound. It can be overlaid on that other sound. But there's another sound and it's happening in the Holy Ghost. And we need to be in the flow of that sound. And there's my prophecy coming out of you. You're in this. You're in this. You're in this. There's something happening here. When I say, let's just do a, a little muttering, little, I've got to get a better word, but a little low tone tonguing, <laughs> speaking in tongues. I'm really saying, let's, let's get the sound of God in the midst of the camp. I don't mean just a rattling in tongues. You can walk around in circles in the prayer room, and nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. But when you're engaged, and your spirit slips out of monotony, slips out of the groove, slips out of the, the practice formula of tongues into a flow of tongues, plural. And you find there's, there's language, there's there's a flow. It's not a. It's not a shishi 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 shishi. Just trying to get there. It's literally a river of language flowing out of your spirit. You got a miracle in your mouth, and you go, God. You can wake up in the morning and let that miracle in your mouth out. Every time I do it, I go, I can't make this up. This is not flesh. This isn't. This is a miracle in my mouth. It's been on me since 1968, and I can do it any moment, any time. I create demands upon the blue flame, and it's there. And it lights up the other gifts. That's been the course of where we've been going in the meetings. If you weren't here, you just got it full package. But I feel like I'm in a prophetic moment for you right now. Before I get to my word for you this morning. The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride. I made a small application of that the other day. The voice of the bride, the bride, that's, that's us singing in the Spirit. That's the bride of Christ giving voice 
to spirit life and loving the Lord with all of our heart and the voice of the bridegroom. That's when Jesus begins to echo back in the sound of God in the midst of the camp. And we start to hear another sound and the voice of the Lord comes through and the, the revelation opens. And, you know, I even heard last night about somebody who, who sang over their children uh, for a, a, a protracted period of time coming out of the meeting and the children, one of them had a vision. And an ama- I won't say any more because that's their story, but one of them had a, a, a what I would consider a very powerful, dramatic vision from the Lord. What happens in the, in the voice that we give? He comes in and he sings in the midst of the church and there's revelation. And I use that phrase, sings in the midst of the church, coming out of a, Hebrew, a book of Hebrews quote of a Psalms. Christ sings in the midst of his church, the sound of the bridegroom. There's a sound, people. We've got to be on a quest for the sound of God in the midst. You know, if you don't get what I'm getting, it's because you haven't got what I've got. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be condemna- con- con- condemning. But if you don't get what I'm, you know, you haven't got what I, you, If church is just coming through that door at, you know, 9.30 for your, for your muffin and your coffee, and, and, and then the, the people get up there, you know, and, you know, and we do the stuff, and, and you read the Bible, and you go, I believe that, I believe that, yes, yes, amen. And, you know, it's more than that, it's engagement. It's more than that, it's a living, life-giving relationship between a bride and a bridegroom. It's a, it's a singing relationship, it's a relationship that's filled with sound. And even when there's a, even when there's a powerful silence, it's the sounds of silence. You know, forgive the quote of a great old song. <laughs> Oh, God, hear me. Come, Holy Spirit, translate this into hearts and minds so that we all get this, that we're on a quest for the sound of God in the midst of the camp. We hear God. And then you, you discern past that to what God is saying and doing. I just want to say this. The voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, I want to put a, a, an application that was more akin to the application in the prophet here, prophecy here of Jeremiah, I'm, I'm believing this church is going to see marriages. You know, in the restoration, I don't know what happened out, it, it, when, when, when their age of substitution was on, but marriages were apparently not quite as prevalent. As the voice, some of you are liking what I'm saying right now, and a big <laughs> smile. But I'm prophesying. Voice of joy, voice of gladness as the restoration of the spirit life surges in this place. There will come the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride in this house. They're saying that the hallmark of the restoration will be people finding one another and joining in holy union in the purposes of God. It's a good thing. It's a community thing. It's a life thing, you know. It's a people coming to wholeness and fullness and all that God has promised and got for his people to be blessed in. And all the restraints of captivity and doing without, get broken. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. Amen. Hallelujah. Come with me in your Bibles. Yeah, Fletch. Come with me in your Bibles to Revelation. You can throw my, uh, you have. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, that's t- I took that photo down in front of my house, just in the seafront there, in the water uh, shipyards below our place. It's a, 
That, that trumpet is not an average sized trumpet. It's, you know, it's probably about uh, eight or nine feet long. It's a great big sort of art piece looking over to our city and being the minister of metaphor, I find these things that speak to our values. The sound of God. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. I want to read it to you from the message version. It was Sunday. And I was in the Spirit. Some of you know, of course, in your, your more word-for-word -word translation, it was the Lord's Day. In the early church had a customer meeting on the first day of the week. It wasn't a, it wasn't a sacred holy day in the Roman culture. But the church, by custom, gathered on that day because it was the day of the resurrection. They probably gathered early morning and late in the evening because it was a normal work day. It hadn't yet been fouled up by religious overtones substituting the real for what it was. And on the Lord's Day, John was in the Spirit, he says. And you know that he's on the Isle of Patmos and in prison. So either there was prison fellowship going on. You know, there were some other Christians in there. And together they gathered in the Lord's day. Or just by good custom in himself, he kept the calendar. It's a good thing to do. Not all the liturgy, not all the calendar is a substitution. It's a structure that leads us to get into the real. And John practiced something on that day. He practiced walking in the Spirit. Look at this. It was Sunday and I was in the Spirit. I was in the Spirit. That doesn't mean he left his body. It means he was in the Holy Spirit. He was in communion with the Holy Spirit. He was in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I heard a loud voice behind me, trumpet clear and piercing, the message version puts. That was John's Sunday. What about yours? What happens on your Sunday? What happens when you come here on your Sunday? The Lord's Day. The Resurrection Day. What happens? What happens? You just come in and sing some songs and hear, you know, he's a good preacher. What happens on your Sunday? John says, I, I heard a loud voice behind me. There was a sound, but it wasn't located in a human or in the group. A loud voice behind me, trumpet clear and press and piercing. And it's interesting that before John, who's the revelator here, um, before he tells us what the voice said, he describes the sound of the voice. The sound. His voice is like the powerful sound of many waters. That's what the Amplified says. 
In chapter 14, verse 2, he says something similar. I heard a voice from heaven and the, like the sound of great waters and like the rumbling of mighty thunder. You see, those descriptive met- uh, metaphors of the voice say nothing of what was said. There was a sound. There was an awesome sound in what was said. There was a sound. It wasn't the average sound. It wasn't natural sound. There was a sound of God in the midst of the place. I hope you're getting something in this. It was the awesomeness of the sound. That sound when you hear it. It's not just something written for a Bible time. That sound when you hear it, when your ears are tuned and you are in the Spirit, that sound when you hear it, it arrests you. It stops you. You're in awe. You're in fear in the respectful sense. You're in the very powerful presence of God. You're taken up. And somehow when you hear that sound, you too erupt into sound. Oh, God. Or, or, holy, 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 worthy. Something, something about that sound resonates back in you and you come alive in your spirit. You hear God. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Hey. Stop. What's that sound? Everybody knows what's going down. Ding. <laughs> Something's happening here. Ding. What it is ain't exactly clear. <laughs> hey, stop. What's that sound? People, that's us. That's us. Something's happening here. You know, I'm taking you, you know, see, boy, that guy's he's in La La Land. <laughs> Something's happening. What's that sound? Everybody, does anybody know what's going down? Oh God. Here's my main text. Revelation 2, 11. And repeatedly all the way through. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches. He who has an ear, let him hear. Hearing is a function of the Spirit here. He who has an ear, you've all got ears. I didn't see one earless person. I mean, there might be some unfortunate person who's that, that, you know, is the case for some reason. They played too much rugby. But this is a a dimension of spirit that you and I have, ears to hear. Message version again. Listen, listen, this is the this is so key to what I'm saying. Are your ears awake? The verse itself says this. Are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words. The spirit blowing through the churches. Listen to the wind words. The answer, my friend, blowing in the wind. 
Oh, dear. My old late 60s hit parade, <laughs> early 70s. It's blowing in the wind. Listen to the wind words, the Spirit blowing through the churches. There's a sound. There's a sound of God at work. You know, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, I, I, it's, it's amazing. He's a New Testament scholar, so he's not, he's not uh, fiddling the word or the meaning. He's informed in the way he's giving us the paraphrase. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. When he says, listen to the wind words, the Spirit is blowing through the churches. You see, he's informed too. He knows John 3, and you know this probably, good Pentecostals, evangelicals. John 3 verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. Did you hear that? The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. John 3, verse 8. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You see, Jesus' wind metaphor rests on its invisibility, number one, and its unfathomable course, number two, but primarily that it is heard. That it is heard. I'll read the text again. The wind blows where it wishes. The unfathomable directions of the Spirit. And you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. And Jesus' metaphor is actually strengthened by the fact that in the Aramaic, in which this particular text is, in the Aramaic, and it is the same in, in Greek and Hebrew, by the way, but in the Aramaic, wind and spirit are the same word. And so it's, not, it's, it's a metaphor, yes, but it's descriptive also. The unfathomable spirit, we can't work him out. He's beyond us. He's invisible to us. But we hear him. But we hear him. There's a sound beyond the natural. There's a sound in our church. There's a sound in our worship. There's a sound in our preach. There's a sound of God in the midst of the camp. There's a sound amongst the people. There's the voice of joy and the voice of gladness. There's the rising tide of a, tide of a sound of God by the Spirit in the church. Do you hear him? You know, there are other sounds. I love the fact that this verse, you know, we, we, so, we, we so used it for our own means. This John 3 verse, we, we, you know, we said, you know, this, is, this describes the Holy Spirit. Yes, it does. But in context of Jesus' use of it, it describes the person who's born again of the Holy Spirit. Now, you're visible, but there's an invisible you. There's the born again you. You know, and you're unfathomable. Oh my God, you're unfathomable. They don't get you. You know, you try to explain, they don't get you. You've met Jesus. Oh, so you're hearing voices now, are you? They don't get you. But you're not only here, but you have a sound. There's a sound about your spirit life. When it's full on and flowing and overflowing and full, it's the sound of God in you. There's something resonating out of you. There's a frequency that some, even though they're, they're not really fully engaged, they pick it up and they go, what is it about you? They feel good about the sound. 
going to another place and there's people literally cursing, snarling, and they're hearing the sound of God in you, but the demons in them are cringing. You wonder why they react to you for no good reason, but they're hearing a sound that they can't abide by. The goodness of God, the flowing of the Holy Spirit, because you've been keeping that flame alive. It's a sound, people. It's not that dissonance of confusion that's in some. It's not a, it's not a dirge of condemnation that are in, it's in others, you know. Uh, it's not the clashing symbol of loveless religion. Now, psh, cling, cling, psh, cling, 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 hallelujah, psh, cling, cling, psh, cling, cling, hallelujah, 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 psh, cling, 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 psh, cling. Clashing symbol of loveless religion. There's none of that. It's the Holy Spirit in you. When you say hallelujah, you mean hallelujah. You mean praise you God. You find that there's not a word that you can pull together into one word that says enough. So you say hallelujah straight out of the Bible. But you find it's an expression that's universal. And it's somehow every language, every way says something very similar. And it's, an, it's, 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 it's a transliteration, you know, that comes because we're not just monotonous. In, in a sort of monotonous tone of chant, we're actually finding ourselves and we go, hallelujah. There's a sound beyond the human sound. There's a sound, there's a rush of the spirit. There's the awesome sweetness of harmony between us and God and with one another. You see, now, that's my premise to say, my big word, not my long preach, my big word for this morning. That's the premise. There's a sound of God in the midst of his people. So it's of some importance then that when the Spirit ushered into the church age, there was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. There was some, it's of some import that the, the characteristic thing is that when the Spirit comes, there's a sound. That when the Spirit is where the Spirit is, there's a sound. And that sound loudly reverberated through those that were gathered as the Spirit came. And they spoke in tongues. And they had a sound coming out of them, which caused the peeps on the street to hear the sound. It was noised abroad. That doesn't mean it was a rumor went around. It means this, this sound rolled out of the place. Let me, let me just take you to the text. And if you've got a Bible, open it. But Acts 2, Acts 2 I want to read it through to verse 6. That I want to show you, you know, because of the familiarity, we, we flip past what we know so quickly. But I want, to, I want to make emphasis so that we stop a moment on the sound of God at work in this text. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound. The Greek word here is echos, like echo. There came an echos. There came a sound, a reverberating sound. It's actually stronger than just the word echo that we have transliterated into English. It's, it's, it means to, to roar. 
It's a strong sound of God. There came a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house. What filled the entire house? The sound. The sound filled the house. It doesn't say they felt a wind. It doesn't say all their hair was going to the left and their ties were out straight. They looked like they'd just come to church on a motorbike. No, no, no. No, no, the sound filled the house. May the sound fill this house again. The sound of God amongst them. The sound filled the house. And where they were sitting and divided tongues of fire, the blue flame (laughs) appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. He's in the house, people. You can hear him. There's a sound. He's in the house. And if you allow him, he'll get in you. And he began, and, and they began to speak in other tongues, you know, the blue flame, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And now they were dwelling in and now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, at this sound. It's actually a different word. It's not the word echos. It's the word phone, the one we get phone from. Uh, it's, it means a voice. At this voice, it, 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 again, it's like the, it's, the, it's the same idea that John has in the, on his Sunday, the sounds of Sunday. It's, it's not intelligible, but it's the sound of the voice. If you listen through it, you may hear the message and get the the intelligible word, but it's the sound of the voice. That's what they heard. So they're in the upper room. There was the echos, and out on the street, there was the phone. But whichever way they are is kind of synonyms. There was a sound of God at work, and it resonated through this body of people, and another group of people became intrigued by it. In the message version, it says, when they heard the sound, they came on the run. I'm telling you, you get the sound of God in the house. They'll come. Patty and I were reading a, a wonderful little comment from a friend of ours in, in Australia. This young preacher, like only a few years in the running, Right? I'm going to keep you know myself clear here, uh, and 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 very self-effacing. And um, he's now got one of the kind of major growth churches in the country. It's this huge explosion of life and people. And people were asking him, well, what's the, what's the key? And right at the top of the list, he said, we're unashamedly a Holy Spirit church. Yeah. Sound of God. The sound of God. The sound of God, says here in the message. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. And they... Passion translation for the passionate people in the congregation. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening. I'm telling you, C3 North Vancouver and church plant, campus. No, I'm speaking to my people back home. I'm just sending a prophecy over. No. Get in the spirit, come on. See, C3 North Calgary and Strathmore. 
the sound happening. You invite the Spirit, you welcome the Spirit, you be in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Something happens on your Sundays and every other day, by the way. But you, something happens and they'll come because there's a sound of God. There's a sound in this house. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. I, I, man, I don't even know. Last night, I could hear a sound in your pastor. I, I've known Bill all these years. I've always believed he's the man of the Spirit. I've, I esteem him highly. He thinks I do things for him. He does more that, for me than I do for him. He's a, he's a, and, and Debbie, honestly, wonderful inspiration. The, 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 the gift there, insight. That, but I heard a sound. I heard a sound in him this time. It's new. There's a river flowing. It's a sound. Oh, Jesus, help me. Am I exciting you? Frightening you. Am I frightening you? Oh, oh God. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's important just to notice that when the Spirit came, He came with sound. And that Jesus has said, that's the mark of the, the born-again believer is the sound of God had worked within them. I, I know He didn't say they will speak in tongues there, and I know on another occasion He did. But I've got to say that there isn't anything more characteristic of a sound of the Spirit in the Scriptures than this praying in the Spirit, which is speaking in tongues. You know, It's not hard to make good equations that are theologically and accurately substantiated in the text. It's not the only thing, but it's a thing and a part of it. And certainly, probably a very prominent part of a spirit-filled church. The sound of God at work. Hey, what's that sound? You know, I had a hippie friend of mine, a surfer hippie dude. He told me before he got saved, somebody took him to a, a charismatic home meeting. And Keith, Keith was a stoner. He was surfer and he's, he's a lad as we'd say in Australia, a bad boy, you know, a larrikin, which is a whole other term in Australia. And uh, it's something akin to a redneck. And um, this, this guy, this hippie dude goes, gets taken to, and he hears people speaking in tongues. So, you know, in the sort of new age expressions of hippiedom, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, where do you get that? Yeah. And they tell me that actually in the meeting, Keith was going up to people who were going like this. He was going up to them going. <laughs> you see, hey, what's that sound? It led him to Christ. Because he got pursuant of something he never understood, but he saw something of a reality of a people engaged with the living God in a transcendent way beyond what he knew and understood. And he couldn't deny that in this place, amongst these people, God was at work. In 2 Samuel 5, 24, it says, when you hear the sound of a marching in the tops of the balsam trees, rouse yourself. Well, then the Lord has gone out before you. I mean, as far back in the Old Testament, there were moments when there was the sound of God. I think it speaks to our values of the moving of the Spirit. I think it speaks to our values of the prophetic. It speaks to our values of praying in the Spirit. That sound can be beyond words in the atmosphere the moment you walk in the building. You hear the sound of God in the place. 
It usually actualizes in praying and worship. But you hear it. As I said a moment ago, it can be the sounds of silence that suddenly you're worshiping all up and it just comes like somebody cut the song, cut the sound, the sound dropped out, but it's not like a technical hitch and everybody gets distracted. You're lost. And a deep silence drops on the house of God. Some of you have been in meetings like that. I have been in congregations of around 1,500 where that's happened. Singing, we're up there. You felt like you're on the mountain with God. And just in an instant, the sound, everything stopped. And there was no disengagement. The sound of God in silence. Still sound. A deafening sound of God in the place. Hallelujah. It could be that in the, in the middle of it, you're just, you're just in that low tone, and suddenly somebody erupts, somebody, you know, right out of the blue, the person who never normally erupts, you're not the, not the one who's practiced at the art. Forgive me. But somebody gets touched, and you hear an outburst of, and you look up, and the person who never normally is doing it is doing it. The sound of God at work. Laughter breaks out across one section of the the church. What's going on? Did somebody do something funny? And it spreads across the congregation. What's going on? Or it can just be in the worship itself as you're worshiping. There is that other sense of accompanying sound. It lifts you beyond yourself. There's so many ways, but the sound of God comes into the house. I'll quickly pull this up. But you know, you can become excited by that sound and not discern it. Listening is another function that leads on from hearing. You can hear the sound and then you listen and you discern what God is doing. It's a prophetic moment. <laughs> I, was in, I was in Russia and my... my um, Interpreter, her name was Valentina, beautiful Russian lady, very excitable. Her and Sergei drove me across the steps to these far-off places to do meetings. And I was in a, a vodka rehabilitation center. It doesn't mean vodka gets rehabilitated. It doesn't, doesn't turn it to water. It looks like water, right? All the vodka people tell you it's only water. But anyway, these were people who were addicts. And I was in there, and I was so moved by their worship. A little rubber string guitar. You know what a rubber string guitar is? It's a half-tuned, you know, nylon string, old, beaten up. And they started worshiping, and the presence of God filled that place. We're a little room next to the kitchen, and the borscht smells were flowing through. There's nothing like good Russian borscht cooking on the stove while you're worshiping. And I was hungry in all dimensions. And this beautiful presence, and I, I got moving in the spirit and began prophesying, and Valentina is accompanying me, and she's prophesying, you know, my, interpreting my prophecies into Russian. But as I was going, I was going just a little tad fast, but the trouble was she was getting more excited. She was, getting, she was hearing the sound. And it got to the point where, where I got too far down on my prophecy. She got so excited, she was going, <laughs> Jesus God, God, God. And I, I go, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's not what I said. 
She's all oh, panting like, oh, I don't, oh. okay, we're just going to back up now. And I come, come on, Lord, give me back that prophecy. I've got, got some young guy standing there. You know. But that's a little bit like us. We get worked up over the sound sometimes. The sound is so good and we get lost in the sound. That's good. Don't, don't misunderstand. But there's a point where we start to discern the sound. We start to hear what God is doing and, 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 and understand what God is doing and hear what God, see what God is saying and I'll put that in the right sentences. I'm going to confuse myself. Daniel, in Daniel 12, verse 8 says, I heard, but I didn't understand. There was another point in the life of Jesus, John 12, 27, where it says a voice came from heaven and some heard it and said it was thunder. Others said it was an angel. Jesus answered, the voices come for your sake, not mine. They were hearing the sound and not yet discerned what it was saying. Don't, don't throw out your liturgy. You know, we, we, we can be traditional and we can be missional. We can be contemporary church. But if we don't throw that out, bring this in. Bring this in. I have honestly sat in the Catholic cathedrals of Italy and felt the presence of the Lord because I'm a carrier of spirit. And with the giving glory to God and what they do, I'm glorifying God on a whole other wavelength. They tell me that at the top of the Spanish steps in Rome, there's a Catholic cathedral that's essentially a charismatic Catholic cathedral. And they say you've got to go there to their midweek service. The glory of the Lord falls in the place. There's a sound of God in the camp. Well, Psalm 89, 15, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. In the Amplified, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound of the trumpet's blast. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. You hear the sound, you discern the sound, and you know you're walking in the will of the Lord. Revelation 2.11, are your ears awake? Listen to the wind words. Revelation 1.10, I heard a loud voice behind me, trumpet clear and piercing. Church, you've got an extraordinary journey, and God's Spirit is going to move in this place. Tend to the flame. Speak in tongues, worship in the Spirit, worship with all your heart, listen to the sound of God at work. Because I believe that sound is going to you know, amplify, I don't know what the way of saying it, volume is coming to the sound of God at work in this place. Amen. Would you stand with me?